0: Hey, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I sure didn't miss y'all last week. Man, Miss y'all so bad. I, well, I used to travel full time, and uh, I kind of enjoyed that for a while, and I don't enjoy it anymore. I just don't. I just want to be here with my family and be here with you guys, and uh, we're, just, we're just happy to be home. Thank you for sharing us last week. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Now listen to me. We're going to be reading this passage of Scripture several times during the teaching today, and we're going to be reading it from a couple of different translations, all right? So I just want you to don't get freaked out when we switch to another translation because there's some wording in there that I want you to get a little emphasis on some things. It'll come up on the screen, and you'll get all, all of that here in just a moment. We have been... Uh, and we started off doing a series on identity that turned into a theme. Jordan is here today. Jordan tweeted that he, was, that he was listening to the identity series, and he had completed it. And I tweeted back, I'm like, no, you haven't. You just thought you had. <laughs> We're in our 16th week now. I so said, we've stopped calling a series. It's a theme now. And what we've done is during Father's Day in that identity theme, we did a a teaching on the voice of the fathers in July, we've talked about freedom, but every bit of it ties back into Uh a theme, y'all, we've been up for 16 weeks. It all ties back into, I mean, I just told you what it was. It all ties back into identity, that's right. We feel like that there's no way that we can do what God's called us to do as a people or as a church if we do not know who we are, if we don't know who we are in Christ. Now, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking about the rights that you have as a child of God and the responsibilities that we have as a child of God. A lot of people want to talk, most people don't even know about their rights. They have no idea the rights and the authority and the access that we have being children of God. Some people get that, but they don't want to talk about the responsibility. So we're going to talk about both because God always gives you rights connected with but he never gives you responsibility without also giving you the, there you go, authority, responsibility all go together when you begin to talk about territory. And so that's what we're going to be talking about for the next several weeks. For the month of July, we talked about being free because you can't be who God called you to be if you're not free. You just will never do it. It's just not going to happen. You may get close, but you're never going to step completely if you're not free. God never makes us free just to make us free. God never wastes a movement. You ever been around people that you don't feel like they ever waste a movement? You know what I'm talking about? There's no wasted movement. It's like, just so efficient. That's how God is. He does not waste one movement. When He sets you free, He has a reason for it. Sometimes we just celebrate that God sets us free, but we don't really connect why. Let me tell you why. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. He sets you free so you can run as fast as and as freely toward your destiny as you possibly can. That's why he sets you free. He sets you free so you can be what he's called you to be. God delivers you from, and then he delivers you to. In other words, what I, what I kept coming back to me this week, he makes you free to be. Say that with me. He makes you free To be. Now look at your neighbor and say, to be what? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16. Right here on the screens in the New Living Translation. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We want to be where the Spirit of the Lord is. If you have an area of your life that you're not walking in freedom, you need to ask for more of the Spirit of the Lord in that place, because wherever He is, there's going to be freedom. Verse 18, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into his glorious image. So in other words, he sets us free to be like Jesus. From glory to glory, the scripture says, we are transformed into the image of God. The reason that He set you free from the stuff that He set you free from is so He could make you more like Him. Look at me. Jesus is not interested in making you a better person. Now, I know psychology tells you differently. I know most religion tells you differently. You need to be a better father. You need to be a better husband. You need to... I've stopped praying for that now. I don't pray that I'll be a better father or a better husband. I don't pray that I'll be a better John Ragsdale because Paul said this, there is nothing good in me. That's what Paul said. You Google that and look it up when you get home. He said, there, in my flesh, there is nothing good at all. If it's left up to me, I'm going to keep on doing bad. He said, matter of fact, when I try to do good, I can't. I say, I'm going to do better, I'm going to do better, but I can't do it. Can I get an amen this morning from somebody else that walks that kind of lifestyle? Well, not me. Then you're better than Paul, because Paul struggled with it. I'm not going to do that again. I'll do it again. So why would I try to make me a better me when I know there's nothing good in me? Jesus is not interested in making you a better businessman, a better teacher, a better mom, a better wife. He is interested in making you like him. Yeah. Clap, we clap, It's okay, yeah, that's a, it's a good word. I'll clap on that one. You still don't know, do you? I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, it's all right. He wants to make you like him. I want to be a good man. No, there's a difference in good and godly. Good people don't change the world, good people stay in line. Good people. Don't color outside the lines. Good people follow the rules. Godly people do what God's called them to do. Good people just kind of do it this way. Godly people are ready. When he says do it, they're ready to go. He wants to raise up not a generation of good people, which that's great if you want to be good, but he wants to raise up a generation of godly people, and if you're like God, then good is a part of God. Wow. I can feel it this morning. I told the team that I gathered the team around, and I said, Y'all know me. I'm only laughing and cutting up, but today I've just been a, little, it's been a little heavy today. You know why I've been carrying this thing? Chris and I felt it all week long that today was a day that God wanted to put some things into action. Some of you that have been in park or been in neutral, God's wanting you just to just go click, click, let the emergency break off, let's go. So I told the team, I said, look, if I've been a little short with you, please don't take it it personal. I'm just carrying something today that I feel like really needs to be delivered. God is not raising up a generation of good people. He wants to raise up a generation of godly people, people that are after him. They want to be like him, not Christians, but Christ-like. I'm a Christian, so what? We're so proud of it. Do you know when they were called Christians at Antioch, it was derogatory? It was derogatory. They called them those Christians. The first time they were called Christians, it was slang. It was a title that they didn't want. He doesn't want us to stand proud about something we shouldn't be proud about. I'm a Christian, are you really? But who, what, what if we were just Christ-like? What if we were like Jesus? What kind of Christian are you? Oh, that one always gets me, right? There. I don't know. I love Jesus. I'm after him. In his image. Everybody say, in his image. This is how we were made, John 1:27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. God mixes you up the way he wants you to be. He made you in his image, and then we mess that up. Sin messes that up. The world messes that up. And so we were formed in his image. You need to go back to uh, thehillsnashville.com slash listen and scroll back to a series we did on transformation where we talked about this very thing right here. How many were here when we were teaching on that? Would you amen? They need to go back and listen to it if you haven't heard that. We talked about the fact that you were formed in God's image and then the world conforms you and deforms you. And then you come to religion, and religion reforms you. But Jesus transforms you. Transformation is not making you a better you. It's transforming you back to the image that he created you to be in the first place. Man, I'm about to throw something today. (laughs) Come on. Transformation getting you back to the way he wanted you to be in the first place. He wants me to be like him. He wants me to have his attitude, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faith. He wants me to have his actions, the gifts of the Spirit, Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, tongues, interpretation of tongues, gift of prophecy, discerning of spirits, the gifts of healings, the gift of faith, and the working of miracles. That's the actions of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the attitude of the Holy Spirit. The actions is what He does. The attitude is how He does it. Then Revelation talks about the seven spirits that are before the throne. You can find those in Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, and might. Do you know what that is? That's all the stuff that he wants to be in us. Counsel, knowledge, might, understanding, the fear of the Lord. All of that stuff we get to have. I'm looking at an audience today that some of you were raised that all you heard about was the fruit of the Spirit. Raise your hand. The fruit of the Spirit. You want the fruit of the Spirit. I got another crew here today that what you heard about was the gifts of the Spirit. Can I hear it today? And we made fun of the others. All those people that just want the fruit, they just fruity. They don't know anything. They're shallow. They don't want it. Folks over here thought people that were after the gifts of the Spirit were just wacko crazy. Lost their mind. But what I've found is that God wants us to have every one of them. I am a joint heir with Jesus, which means whatever Jesus have, I can have. Wait a minute. Whatever Jesus has, I can have. See, If I'd have said that right, you'd be like, yeah, that's a good word, but you're trying to figure it out, so let me start over. Which means this. Whatever Jesus has, I can have. That's it. We're going to be talking some more about that. When we talk about what does it mean to be a joint heir with Jesus, that means whatever he did, I have access to. So, but today, let's stay on point, John Ragsdale. Stay on point. But today, let's talk about how transformation happens. So we know that transformation needs to happen. How many want to know how it happens? Four, five. I told you I was feeling a little mean today, so I'm sorry. All of our guests, I'm sorry. 1 John 3 and 1. Remember, we've been reading this lately. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Remember we read from that one? How marvelous the love of Jesus, one translation says. That we should be called the children of God behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him beloved now we are the children of God it has not yet been revealed what we shall be but we know I love that we know that when he is revealed I, he said this we don't really know what we're going to do we don't really know what's going to happen but I do know this that when he is revealed we shall be like him remember that's the point right Transformation, to be like Him, in His image. How do we get there? We shall be like Him. Read it. For we shall see Him as He is. Let me give you a little revelation today. Or maybe it's not a revelation. Maybe it's more of an illumination. Revelation equals transformation. Write this down. Tweet it if you want to. You become what you behold. Whatever you focus on, whatever you stare at, whatever you put in front of you, that's what you become. What you see is really what you get. This is why God hates idols. This is why God would go off on idolatry. I mean, he would lose his mind on a nation because of idolatry, right? Why? Because whatever you put in front of you, that's what you become. How many have found this to be true in your own life? Things you focused on, it became a part of you. So if I can make Jesus the object of my affection. During my prayer time this morning, I buried my face in that chair. And begin to pray for my sons, as we do all the time. But today, I felt it stronger than ever. God, let Evan have a love for you that can't be quenched. Let Davis have a passion for your presence that nothing can take away. Because if we can can get a passion for his presence, we can have a heart after God, we're not going to have to worry about all the other stuff. Put him in front of you. That's why the scripture says they would hang the scripture in front of their eyes because they they always wanted it to be there because what you see is what you become. The more of Jesus you see, the more like him you become. How many believe the word of God? Does it say it right there? The equation is right there. I don't know what we're going to be, but I know this, that when I see him as he is, I'm going to become as he is. The key, though, here's the key, these three words, as he is. That's the key, Ian. Not just see him, but see him as he is. Let me say something. Let me give you a little secret. The devil doesn't care if you see him. He just doesn't want you to see him like he really is. That's how he tricked an entire one third of the angels. Man, he's kind of bossy. What if we ran heaven? Eve, did he really say? See what he does? Doesn't want you to see him as God, doesn't want you to see him as omnipotent, omniscient omnipresent, he begins to get you to question these things, and you begin to, and so what happens is, we begin to have these veils, the Bible talks about veils, or we have filters, or we have these shades that we wear, that blur how we see him, religion does that to us, hurt does that to us, your past does that to you, it filters the way you see God, When I'm talking about your past, I'm not just talking about 10 years ago. I'm talking about yesterday. How many of you have walked into a service, maybe today, ticked off, upset, and it affects the way you respond to God? It's a filter. God ain't been good to me. He's blessing everybody else. Why won't he bless me? My favorite is when you get when God begins to bless you and people go, must be nice. I got a new one, I just say, it is. So don't say that to me because you're gonna hear that. It is. That is good preaching. Thank you. I knew I liked you. I'm glad y'all are back this Sunday. Got somebody that recognizes good preaching. So we put these filters on that affect how we see Him and so the way we see Him is the part of Him that we take on. So if you see Him through religion, then you become legalistic. If you see Him through condemnation, then you become judgmental. God's a judge, right? God believes in justice. And so if that's all the part that you see of him, that's the only part that you take on. God gets angry. And so if that's the only part that you've seen of him, that's the part of you. If God gets disappointed, if that's the only part you see of him, whatever it is, your hurt, your pain, your religion, your, your former pastor, your pastor now, whatever. Whatever it is that blurs how you see him, that's as far as you're going to go with him. Sometimes I feel like Moses when he said, Lord, show me your glory. And the Lord said, The only thing you're going to see is my backside. That's all you can handle right now. Anybody else feel that way? Show me your face. And I get the rear end. I don't know why that works. You know what's amazing though, when God passed by him and showed him his hinder parts, the Bible says, you know what that was? Do you know that Moses is the one that wrote Genesis? Where did Moses learn that? There. Suddenly he saw creation and that was just his hinder parts. Imagine if God would have showed him everything. That's why the Bible says no man can see God and live because when you see him, you become like him and he has no flesh. So you just be gone. (laughs) That's why he veils himself and he hides himself. There's no problem when God veils himself because he's protecting us. The problem is when we veil ourselves. The problem is when we have scales and veils. Do a study on that scales and veils. Veils is what is what religion puts on you scales is what sin puts on you we need to drop them all get rid of our scales get rid of our veils some of y'all gonna do some homework this week i love this i love what we're doing with our hills gatherings now if you're not a part of a hills gathering that's our small group minister at our church you need to be a part of one you need to find one get locked on to it okay One thing we've done this summer session is we're taking the teachings on Sunday and we break them down into discussion points. And so you're able to meet with people during the week and talk through what we're teaching on Sunday. I love that idea because there's no way we can cover. I have a feeling some of our small groups and hills gatherings this week, people are going to be talking about scales and veils. So, now we know that we're supposed to be transformed into his image. Not a better me, but more like him. We got that? Point two. How do I do that? Revelation brings about transformation. For me to become as he is, I have to... I'm just going to pass out. For me to become as he is, I have to see him as he is, which means getting rid of all of my misconceptions, my preconceived ideas. Some of you have not stepped into what God has called you to do because you think God only looks a certain way. And the way you grew up having church is the only way. Throw that mess down. Rip the veil. Be open to what God wants you to do. Some of you only see Him a certain way because church hurts you. Your daddy hurt you. That perverted uncle hurt you. The neighbor down the street messed you up. I don't know. That teacher, they bullied you at school. Whatever it is, but it has perverted the way you see God. You need to pray. You need to spend some time fasting. Do whatever you got to do to get the veils and the scales taken away so you can see him the way he really is. Because that's the only way you're ever going to become like him. Let me give you three ways today as I close how to see him as he is. Number one, we see him as he is through worship. This is why we push you to worship. This is why I come close every Sunday to putting a sign out there that says no coffee in the auditorium. We don't do it because I want you to feel comfortable, but there are times that I want to do that because I see some of you trying to hold your coffee and worship and clap your hands right. Like... <laughs> Clapping with your neighbor. Right in the middle of that beautiful worship time, I see people scrambling for paper towels. They're just spilling coffee, and iPhones are getting soaked. And... There's a part of me that comes close to saying, all right, no more coffee. Because I think it inhibits our worship a little bit. So I'm just going to tell you, those of you that are with us, if you can down it, get in here, it frees both hands up, all right? Why do we do that? Why do we always say, come on, clap your hands. Come on, raise a hand up. Come on, come in close. Why are we always pulling you in? Because we know how important worship is. Well, I worship at home. That is awesome. You need to worship at home. There are some people that worship in a crowd that never worship at home. Shame on us for that. We need to worship at home by ourselves. But shame on you if the only place you worship is at home by yourself. Because there's a place that you can go to God with God by yourself. You can't go with people. But there's a place that you can go with others that you cannot go by yourself. Mm-hmm. Hey, bring that scripture up here, Psalms 34 and 3. I want you all to read this with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Everybody say together. Together. When you get together with others and you begin to sing the same song. When you get together and you look across the aisle and you don't know what that person's walking through, but you see them saying, the one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. Something begins to well up in you, and I believe that the Scripture is saying that there is a place that you can take the name of the Lord with other people that you cannot take by yourself. Let us exalt His name where two or three are gathered in His name, agreeing and believing That's when things begin to happen because suddenly you begin to exalt his name above your problems and above your... Man, I'm bringing a word today, y'all. You begin to exalt... I'm going to have to go back and listen to this myself. (laughs) You exalt his name above your other stuff. And you look around and see other people that are walking through things, and they're worshiping the same way that you are. You exalt His name together, not by yourself. Oh, magnify the Lord with me! Remember, we said you got to see Him how, as He is. Do you know? Do you know? Have y'all heard what's getting ready to happen in August? Mars is like coming closer. Anybody seen that? The whole month of August, it's going to grow and grow. This is—they're saying—in thousands and thousands of years, this will not happen again that Mars is coming close. And by the end of the month, Mars will be the same size as the moon. It's going to be incredible. We get to see that. That's awesome. You know what's happening there? If I take up my telescope and I look at Mars, Mars isn't getting any bigger when I magnify it. I'm just seeing it the way that it really is. So when we say, let us magnify the Lord together, that doesn't mean make him bigger. How are you going to make God any bigger? The universe can't even hold him. You don't make him bigger, but when you begin to worship him, you begin to see him the way that he really is. That's why, that's why those of you that are sitting out in this audience right now and you don't engage in worship, you're missing out. Those of you that are sitting here and you have a talent, you have a gifting to worship, but you've never really used it or you've just stopped using it because you're hurt or angry or confused. What could we do if we would all engage in worship? Well, I don't really need to see him the way that he is. Well, somebody sitting beside you does. All of our guests, thanks for joining us today. Oh, God, please hope you'll come back. But well, I'm going to be nice next week. Are you all with me? Yes. Magnify the Lord with me. Let's see him the way that he is. So when we begin to say, Our oh, God is an awesome God, he reigns. When that happens... Suddenly my problems that I felt today on the way to church, the worries that you have for tomorrow, they begin to disappear because God is being magnified in our midst. We see Him through worship. Secondly, the way we see Him. so I want to encourage you to worship, worship at home, worship in your car. those of you that are those of you that are artists and you're out playing music in clubs and you're playing music in other uh, venues and it's not in churches, I want to encourage you to find a way to worship in those moments. You don't have to be singing, our God is an awesome God, but you can find a way to bring glory to God in that moment. I want to encourage you, find a way to worship Him. Worship is not just singing. Worship is the way we live. It's the way we act. It's the way we breathe. Find a way to worship Him in everything that we do. Second way is through the word. We see him as he is through the word. Let's get some context on our text this morning. 2 Corinthians 3, 14 through 18 in the New Living Translation. Watch this. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with a veil and they do not understand. For whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed, now it's been removed and we can see the Word of God clearly... Remember what he was saying? They read the Old Testament with a veil covering their eyes so they can't understand it. But when you believe in Christ, that veil is removed and now you can look at the Word of God and reflect the glory of the Lord. The Word of God is how you see Him as He is. If you don't make a habit of reading the Word of God, make it a habit. You're never going to become like him if you do not read his word. James says this, he that is a hearer but not a doer of the word is like someone who looks in a mirror and forgets about it when they walk away. Well, what would happen if you would not forget about it when you walk away? Then you would reflect his image. And remember, as you're reading the word, you begin to see him in the word, and the more you see him, the more you become... And then you reflect him again, and you reflect him again, and it just keeps going. Devour the word. Eat the word. Close your eyes for just a moment. How many of you do not read your Bible on a daily basis? Raise your hand. Put your hand down. How many do not read your Bible on a weekly basis? Raise your hand. Faithfully. All right, put your hand down. All right, now, open your eyes and look up. That would astound you if you saw what we just saw. No wonder that we're not becoming like him. We're not taking his word in. I want to encourage you. Get on the Bible plan. It's never been more easy than it is right now. You don't even have to have a Bible. Just an iPhone. I mean, it's amazing what YouVersion version has done. How many people, Jordan? Do you know how many they just celebrated? Two million. Two million people that have downloaded the Bible on their iPhone. It's amazing. What's happened? People are just involved. It's never been easier than that. Get into it. Get into the Word of God and watch as it becomes to be a part of you. The Word of God. May y'all get quiet now. I didn't like having to raise my hand. You didn't have to. You could have lied. <laughs> but next week we're preaching online, so I guess you'd be no. We see Him through what, number one? Worship. We see Him as He is through the Word and number three, we see him as he is by His spirit. Let's jump back to second Corinthians 3:18, New King James Version. And we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit, everybody say the spirit of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3 and 6 says this. He is made as competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Everybody look at me. This is important. If you're a person that all you do is study the Word of God, but there's no spirit in your life, all you know is the sword of the Spirit. The Bible, saw, the Bible calls the Word of God the sword of the Spirit. And it cuts you, and it divides you, and it convicts you. So if you were raised in a household that the Word of God was all you had with no spirit, that's why it's dead. That's why you go to a church that all they focus on is teaching the Bible, but there's no spirit attached to it. It's just kind of dead. But then you go to some churches that all it is, is spirit and there's not a lot of scripture to it and it's just wacko crazy. Just life <laughs> running around. What he wants us to have is this beautiful balance that we're walking, we're reading the word, but there's spirit attached to it so the letter slices you. Today, you're getting cut up. I'm getting cut up. I need to read more Bible. I gotta read the Bible. I got to go. It's not conviction. I wanna read it more because I wanna be like him. See, when you read it that way, it changes everything. I'm looking for him. I'm going to find him somewhere in here. I'm looking for him. And so when I begin to read the word and it carves away those things, and then the Spirit of God comes in and begins to do the work, that's when life begins to happen. If you have not had an experience with the Spirit of God, you need to begin to pray for an encounter with Jesus like you've never had before. Look at me. We say this a lot. You need something to happen to you that you can't explain but you can't deny. If you've never had that, you need to pray for that. You need to pray for that moment that you go, I don't know what that was, but it was. (laughs) What happened? I don't know. But something happened and something changed. We see him as he is through worship. We see him as he is through the word. And we see him as he is through the presence of God. We need an encounter with Jesus. We need a visitation of the presence of God. And then when you see him as he is, then you begin to become as he is, and then that's how you begin to live. Loving, giving, living. You begin to see him and you begin to live for a God that you know loves you because you see him as he is. You begin to live for a daddy that you know happily gives you the kingdom because you see him as he is. You begin to live knowing you're serving an awesome God that never leaves you alone because you see him as he is. Bow your head today. Lord, I thank you for this moment in time that we've prayed for all week long. Oh no, Lord, as a matter of fact, we've prayed for this since before we even planted this church. Moments like this where you can feel the presence of God doing a work and hearts being changed and hearts being transformed and lives being shifted around. God, you're teaching us something. You're working on us. There's something you want us to do, something you want us to grab. Hold of, and we're willing to do that today. I want to start off by saying this. Still nobody looking around. I want to just see this. How many of you, I mean, before we even do anything else, we got to know this. How many of you want to be more like him? All right, that's a great start. Maybe I should say, how many of you don't want to be like Him? Raise your hand. That's better. I hope today the revelation of God not caring about you being necessarily good but wanting you to be like Him grabs hold of you. I hope it changes you. We begin to reflect on the areas of our life that are not like Him. And that's the area you need to see Him as He is relationships aren't right, then you need to focus on how God deals with people. Finances aren't right, how does God deal with money? How does God look at it? Addiction, you're battling with, that cycle you can't break, God is a God of freedom. You begin to focus on that. Begin to ask for that to become a part of your life. I'm going to ask you to make a commitment this week To worship Him. Make a commitment to dive into His Word. Make a commitment to ask for more of His Spirit. More, more, more. I had a sweet, sweet, one of the most precious young ladies in our church text me the other day and say, I want more wisdom and understanding. How do I get that? We spent some time on the phone talking about how do you do that. Well, one way is you ask for His Spirit to make his word come to life. You ask for more of his presence, which makes you want more of him. Just one taste of his presence. You'll never be satisfied. We want you today, Lord. So here's what I want you to do right where you are. I want you just to breathe a prayer. I want you to say something like, Lord, I want more of you than I've ever had before. I give you permission this day. I'm going to just say it. I give you permission this day, Lord, to do what you want to do. I confess that you're God and I'm not.